When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Asian American Pacific Islander Nurses Association of Nevada presents Healthy Mondays with Apina of Nevada. Start the week healthy and right with interesting conversations on living a healthy lifestyle. And now, your Healthy Mondays host, Dr. Mary Faye Axon Armstrong. Aloha! Good evening. Magandang gabi po sa inyong lahat. Andito na naman kami sa Healthy Mondays with Apina of Nevada. Maraming salamat po sa inyong pakikinig sa aming programa. Thank you for listening to our program and tonight it's always special every Monday night is special and we always have special guests um, tonight we're going to have uh, Dr. Dylan Went, and he is from the Las Vegas Le- Legacy Neuroscience Education Endowed Chair at Cleveland Clinic at Lou Ruvo Center for uh, Brain Health I just wanted to uh, quickly say before we jump right into our topic that we had a, a Pino of Nevada Christmas celebration last Friday at uh, the Gold Coast. And it was a very successful um, celebration. And we had our APINA, Asian American Pacific Islander Nurse Association of Rosemary University, SNA, Student Nurse Association. And we also have, uh, we were graced by uh, Rita Vazmani. He's the president of the Asian American group and also Mr. Uh, I forgot his name. Sorry about that. He's the director for the uh, community relations. So we are reaching out. Also, PHLV Radio, uh, Johan and Flora were there. So we had a lot of games and, you know, uh, next year we're going to announce it again and please join us next year. So tonight, our topic is a very special topic, especially for Filipino population. And I was telling uh, Dr. Went earlier that, oh, the Filipinos, when they say, oh, I'm forgetting something, I think I have Alzheimer's. Because one way or another, or a relative or someone, their loved one has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And of course, what I know, I know I'm going to play like a uh, a listener of to advocate for the listeners out there. But there are so many myths about Alzheimer's. And Dr. Wint is a specialist, and uh, he's, he specialized in Alzheimer's and anything around it. I met him during the Engaging with Aging, and uh, here he is right now, past, you know, fast forward. So welcome to Healthy Mondays with Opinion of Nevada, Dr. Wint. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, um, there's a lot of accolades and um, experiences that Dr. Wint had. He's also a, uh, he worked for the Nevada Energy Chair for Brain Health Education. He's the, uh, he's also with a fellowship in behavioral neurology and neuropsychiatry. And he was a uh, assistant professor at Emory University School of Medicine. And uh, we really connected because we have the same mentor a special lady, Dr. Faye Gary. He is. Uh, she is with uh, 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 Cleveland Case, Case, Case Western. Western yes. yes, and then we connected, and so 
ball, you know, that is very special. But uh, let's start with talking about Alzheimer's. I guess, you know, Dr. Wynn, you can explain to our listeners out there, what is really Alzheimer's? So uh, the first thing to recognize is that Alzheimer's is a brain disease. It's not just normal aging, and it's not just being forgetful, but it's a degeneration of the brain caused by accumulations of abnormal proteins and inflammation that destroys brain cells and causes the brain to shrink, but more importantly, makes it harder for the brain to do the work that it usually does. And one of the key things that the brain usually does is store information that's going on around us for later use. That's more commonly known as memory, the storage of information. And Alzheimer's disease, at least typical forms of Alzheimer's disease, tend to affect memory first. Is it discriminatory like anybody can have Alzheimer's? Well, there are some genes that increase the risk for Alzheimer's disease, but the biggest risk factor by far is age. So uh, under 60 years old, the risk of getting Alzheimer's disease is less than 1%. But every five years after that, the risk doubles. So that by the time we get to 75 years old, the risk is around 15 to 20% of having Alzheimer's disease. By the time we get to 80 years old, the risk is as many as 30 to 40% will have Alzheimer's disease. So it's a disease that is associated with aging, but it's not part of normal aging. Okay. Uh, can I delay it? Because I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, there are ways to reduce your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. Uh, in fact, we uh, our, our goal is to eventually prevent people from getting Alzheimer's disease. Right now, we don't have any medications that do that, but we do have lifestyle recommendations that seem to reduce one's risk or at least delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease. So the number one way of reducing your risk is aerobic exercise. So that's anything that keeps you moving, increases your heart rate and your respiratory rate. The magic number seems to be about 150 minutes per week. So a lot of people uh, do 30 minutes a day or an hour three times a week, and that'll get you um, to 150 minutes with a little bit to spare. Diet seems to be important, so the things that you've heard are good for your heart in terms of diet seem to be good for the brain as well. So lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, low amounts of sugar and fat, tendency to eat uh, white meat and low-fat meat and fish instead of eating red meats, um, berries, and fruit, other types of fruit are very important. And then avoiding things that are harmful to you. So a sedentary lifestyle, just sitting around, not moving around, not keeping yourself mentally and physically and socially active, that's actually harmful and increases your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. Uh, smoking increases the risk considerably. Uh, heavy drinking increases the risk considerably. Having depression and probably also having depression has been shown to increase the risk, untreated depression, and probably having um, untreated anxiety also increases the risk. Wow, I, back to the basics. I think you mm. know, as as far as uh, the prevention, and then I jump right into the prevention. Uh, I'm, we're going to take a, a few steps backwards. I wanted to ask. Uh, a personal question about how and when did you get uh, interested in studying and being involved with Alzheimer's? 
You know, I was uh, just talking to a group of medical students the other day who are interested in psychiatry and neurology, and I realized that my interest in brain diseases actually goes probably as far back as high school. Um, I didn't realize it at the time. In fact, when I went to medical school, I thought I wanted to be a trauma surgeon, but I just kept getting pulled into the brain specialties. So I think I had an interest in the brain and behavior from the time I was a teenager and then uh, gradually had experiences that led me to doing brain medicine. Can you share with us at least one or two experiences that you had? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that our, our listeners out there will learn a few things about how it came about and you know what are the things that they need to look out for. Yeah, certainly. Um, so in medical school, where I thought I was headed to do trauma surgery, when I was uh, on my psychiatry rotation, I saw many, many people who physically you couldn't tell there was anything wrong with them, yet here they were in the hospital. And mentally, because of whatever psychiatric illness they had, they were disabled. And on my neurology rotation, I had a patient throughout the rotation, he was in the hospital the whole four weeks that I was in neurology. And he was essentially paralyzed from the neck down, so he could speak, move his eyes, etc. But he was pretty happy in accepting life the way it was. And I think the, the combination of those two things taught me that if a person's body is healthy, but their mind is not, that that is actually a more difficult situation for them and worse for their quality of life than if their mind is healthy and their body is not. And so as a medical student, to become a physician who wanted to positively affect people's lives, it really brought home to me that the the most profound way perhaps to affect someone's life is to help in healing or maintaining their brain and their mind. Wow, uh, we're aligned with that because I'm a strong advocate for holistic care, which is mm-hmm. not only looking at your, the physical needs of uh, a person you're helping, but also their mental and spiritual needs. So kudos to you for, for uh, looking at it and uh, realizing it from the very beginning. Well, uh, just sort of the grace of God, you know, uh, leading me those ways, because I had no idea uh, going into it. It was just that I I had these experiences with these people. And I should mention also that these are not exclusive, right? So caring for your body, you'll notice all the things that I mentioned that are important to prevent Alzheimer's disease Those are all the same things that your cardiologist or your primary care doctor or your nephrologist will tell you are important for keeping those parts of the body healthy as well. So it's it's a matter really of maintaining this body that's there to support our brain and our mind, which is where our experiences, our memories, the things that really make us who we are, that's where they reside. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I don't consider this a job. I consider this a calling, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're called to serve the mm-hmm. other people. And that's why I wanted to emphasize to our listeners, that's why we created this Healthy Mondays with the Pino of Nevada, because this is to reach out and help our community to be healthy. Also to be to inform them and be aware of the different diseases um, that is more prevalent with Asian Pacific Islander population. So uh, I think Alzheimer's too, here's one that's popping in my mind is, is it hereditary? Can my children uh, inherit it? 
if so I have one. So there are hereditary forms of Alzheimer's disease, but those make up only about 2% to 3% of all of the Alzheimer cases. And in those people, you will generally have someone in every generation with Alzheimer's disease. And usually Alzheimer's disease will strike those people in their 50s or 60s. So it's a pretty different form from the more typical Alzheimer's disease. Now, if you do have a family history of Alzheimer's disease in either a sibling or a parent, that does increase your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease by another half, you know, by one and a half to twice as common. You are still less likely to get it than to not get it, but it does increase your risk. So I guess the, the biggest uh, takeaway from that is that just because you don't have it in your family, that does not mean that you can't get it. And just because you do have it in your family does not mean that you are destined to get it, but you have a higher risk. So you may want to do more, like of those things that I mentioned, to reduce your risk further. Okay, 50s and 60s, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess my other question is beside it, if it is hereditary, when do they, an individual actually get diagnosed and what, would, what are the things that are the factors of being diagnosed with having Alzheimer's? So I would uh, recommend what I think is a very good list that's uh, put out by the Alzheimer's Association on their website, their 10 warning signs. But uh, the, the hallmark of Alzheimer's disease, at least in its typical form, is rapid and complete forgetting of things. So that can be events or conversations where as opposed to um, forgetting something years after it happened, people forget things days, minutes after it happened. And it's a complete forgetting. They don't, when you give them clues, remember, oh yeah, that's right, we talked about that and you said this or that they really don't have the information stored. And that's because the part of the brain that seems to be attacked by Alzheimer's first is the part of the brain that stores information. So if the brain is, if memory is kind of like a tape recorder, that tape recorder starts to go bad and you get blank spots and you get pops and scratches and hisses and the memories are not the way that the things occurred in real life. Um, <clears throat> momentary lapses, you know, walking into a room and not remembering why you went there and then remembering it later, or struggling to remember someone's name. Those are things that can happen with normal aging. They can happen in the very beginning of Alzheimer's disease too, and sometimes it's hard to separate that out. But those two particular things people shouldn't worry too much about. Now, if those progress to areas of other parts of memory, so having trouble navigating, so driving and getting lost or not knowing how to get to familiar places, misplacing items and not knowing how they got there or not being able to recall, you know, after thinking about it where you put them. Um, as I said before, forgetting conversations, missing appointments because you forget about them, or any kind of struggle where someone has lost a functional capability those are really big warning signs to be evaluated. Have you, uh, well, you know, Mankababayan and listeners out there, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep track of all of this information that Dr. Wint is giving out. Um, there is also, he mentioned about the website, mm -hmm. you know, the Alzheimer's Association website that you can also look at. 
Um, I think one one of the questions that I have popping in my mind is that uh, what what are the ones that they are one individual um, realizes that they might have Alzheimer's after looking at the ten warning signs. Uh, what would be the immediate here in Las Vegas, I guess, in, in Nevada? Uh, what would be uh, the resources that you can um, share with us where they could go besides their uh, primary doctor? Okay, so I, first of all, I wouldn't ignore the primary doctor because almost every primary care doctor has some sort of screening test they can use to see if your memory seems to be performing okay for your age or not. And they can also, often, they are the ones who are required to refer you to the specialist in that area. So specialists in the area of Alzheimer's disease are mostly neurologists. Uh, some psychiatrists are also quite comfortable with Alzheimer's disease. Of course, our center, we, we specialize in Alzheimer's disease, so that's the Cleveland Clinic Lou Ruvo Center for Brain Health. Um, the important, or the, the, the things that people will look for are could this memory loss be caused by something that's not degenerative? So there are medications that can interfere with memory. Uh, there are life habits, uh, particularly heavy alcohol or drug use that can in, in interfere with memory. Uh, you could have stroke disease that's caused memory loss. So um, there's an evaluation to see whether it is a degenerative process like Alzheimer's disease. And then usually there's a brain scan to look for evidence of brain shrinkage or stroke and uh, then a diagnosis will be rendered. Um, there are, uh, I think, most neurologists in the city feel pretty comfortable at least doing an initial workup, and if it's a pretty typical case, going ahead and taking care of it. Um, more unusual cases uh, often get referred to our center. But our center takes all kinds of referrals, so, even if you have a typical case, you can just ask your primary care doctor to refer to us. I know that, uh, thank you for those information. Sure. I know that you're doing research, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I'm interested in is in, um, about the prevalence of Alzheimer's in the Asian Pacific Islander population. Can you share with us uh, some of those information? Yeah, the prevalence seems to be about the same as in the Caucasian population perhaps a little bit lower. Um, some of that reduction uh, may be due to genetic factors, but may also be due to lifestyle factors. So if you look at, um, say, folks who are still in the Philippines or living in Japan, uh, there tends to be a lot less reliance on red meat as part of the diet. Uh, there tends to be uh, more walking to just to get to and from work and school as opposed to the way that we get around here. I do not know the data <clears throat> about Asian Pacific Islanders who come to the United States and then adopt the lifestyle in the United States. Uh, my suspicion would be that the, the rate is about equivalent to uh, American Caucasians. I see. The, the changes in the lifestyle coming from the Philippines to here, I know I have a a friend uh, from UNLB who, who had done uh, research, Dr. Ray Serafica did a research in uh, North Carolina with the uh, Filipino uh, immigrants there and how uh, we are so 
we love our Filipino vegetables. And yeah. then when you go to a different country or a different place, then it's not available. So he he helps with substitution of um, you know the different vegetables. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yes. Yeah. So I'm really glad that uh, the prevention is really something we are already doing mm-hmm. with our. We just have to be consistent in following them. Yeah, yes, yeah. and it's important to realize that as physicians and even as a, at a subspecialty center, we actually don't have anything right now that is any better for prevention than those lifestyle changes. So uh, on our www.healthybrains.org website, uh, you can find what we call the six pillars of brain health. So these are important lifestyle factors that keep your brain healthy, not just from Alzheimer's disease, but reduce risk of stroke and risk of other degenerative disorders. And on that site, you can actually enter what you're doing, what you're eating, how often you exercise, how often you socialize, and you'll get sort of a little scorecard and then advice on where you can improve different factors to get your your brain healthier. I should go in there and get one. Yeah, I think everybody should. Actually, it just passed a million views. Oh, great, great. Is it www.healthybrains.com? Healthy Brains with an S, oh, dot the org. S, dot org. Okay, yeah. write that down and <laughs> get your score there and see how you can improve and prevent um, Alzheimer's. Um, I know when I was at the party or sitting around and talking stories with my Filipino friends, they're so worried about it uh, that you might have Alzheimer's or you're not going to remember your loved ones um, when you're old and then you're you're trying to get healthy and then all of a sudden you don't remember them. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking at our time, time flies when we're having fun. We still have uh, a lot of time, maybe like 10 more minutes. Could you share with us another experience that you have that drove you into uh, specializing um, on Alzheimer's? Well, um, I, I think that uh Probably the, a, a big part of me going into doing just neurodegenerative disorders was how much there, how much lack there is of people who are comfortable in that field. Many of these disorders, particularly Alzheimer's disease, are neurological diseases, but they have a behavioral component to them, a psychiatric component. So anxiety, depression, agitation, hallucinations, these are all relatively common in Alzheimer's disease. In fact, numerous studies show that over 90% of people with Alzheimer's disease at some point during the course of Alzheimer's disease will get a behavioral issue. So neurologists um, are very comfortable generally with the diagnosis um, and with the neurological treatment, but often not quite as comfortable with the behavioral management and psychiatrists are sometimes not quite as comfortable with the diagnostic component. And as a neurologist and psychiatrist, I felt that this was an area where I could be of real help to people. And it would also be really interesting work for me because I could practice both neurology and psychiatry much of the time in one patient, one individual. So um, just that uh, experience of working in a geriatric psychiatry clinic uh, made me want to move toward doing neurodegenerative diseases, and that's how I ended up out here at the Ruvo Center. Yeah, I know that uh, I really learned a lot during the engaging 
uh, with aging um, conference mm-hmm. that that we uh, that you had you were a presenter of, and uh, we all know and even without looking at statistics and we walk around, we are increasingly an aging population which, uh, because of so many factors um, in the past that's, uh, that we are now, you know, uh, in the past, you know, you can have as many babies as you want and then now, you know, because it, it costs a lot to raise kids. And so now a lot of uh, couples are now not having 10 kids. Like I, I belong to 11 siblings. Oh, wow. So then when I talk to people, it's kind of dwindling the numbers. So now we have an increased in aging population. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting um, that you mentioned that about the behavioral management, that everybody tries to stay away from that. Um, so when I'm teaching um, the nursing students, the first day of class, I would say, who is interested to be a psychiatric nurse? And nobody raised their hand. <laughs> I'll ask cardiac, you know, ICU, ER, and people raise their hand. And I said, well, I have news for you. Whether you like it or not, you're going to be a mini psych nurse because That's you right. can't separate the, the brain with the body and the spiritual needs. So you can have a, uh, a someone who's diagnosed with schizophrenia with hallucination or uh, um then they have diabetes, so they would be in the medical surgical floor, or they would be, you would see them in the ER. So, I think that it's very important to uh, increase awareness to all of our healthcare providers that whether you like it or not, you will encounter someone who have behavioral uh, problems. That's very yes. true. Virtually, there's essentially no way to practice, uh, to no way to take care of patients without running into some with mental health issues. Not only that, but mental health issues account for more suffering than physical issues. So even in patients with a devastating disease like Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease, when you ask them and the caregivers to rank the problems within that disease that impact their quality of life the most, mental health issues always come out higher than the neurological issues. And um, you mentioned about caregivers. Do you have any words of wisdom for them, advice, and if they are loved ones or even their friends who have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, how can they, uh, I guess, the coping? Uh, I know that it's sad that they can't remember, you know, your loved one who has Alzheimer's can't remember you and the memories that you have built all through the years. So do you have any advice and, you know, how to... uh, I guess more on coping, like things that they they can be. Uh, I guess some um, advice how how to just acknowledge it and take care of them. Well, I, I think uh, some the best advice I heard recently was from uh, the head of our social work program, who said you really want to assemble your team. You want to have a group of people who are helping you with this problem, and that can be friends or relatives. It can be uh, staff at a place like the Ruvo Center, where we have a lot of educational and support programs and a lot of social work programs and a lot of knowledge just to be gained about these diseases. So assemble your team, educate yourself about the disease, and remember that being a caregiver does not make anyone an angel, and we don't expect caregivers to, to be angels or perfect. You do your best, um, and your best is always good enough. 
right? You can't do any better than that, so that has to be good enough. A lot of caregivers wish that they could do more, and when I hear what they do, I don't even like, understand so how they're able already. to do it. Yeah. Yes, it's it's um, it's an it's a very difficult job. Imagine if someone offered you a job and they said, "Okay, you're going to work seven days a week, uh, 24 hours a day. You'll have to be on call." Um, the person that you are caring for, the job that you're doing, may not even think that they need you, and they may actually resist you doing your work, and we're not going to pay you, and there's no vacation. And then they said, guess what? I'm not offering you the job. You have that job now. I mean, that that's a terrible, terrible situation to be in. We have millions of people facing that all the time. And although the Ruvo Center was built around support for caregivers, there's just not enough of that support in, um, in other medical centers, in government, um, and in our financial system. Lots and lots of areas where life is made difficult for caregivers, but you know we can help to make it easier. So just starting with the, the emotional and moral support but then also with teaching caregivers about how to take care of themselves, how to take care of their loved ones, what might happen in the illness, and connecting them with resources. Uh, we now have a, a booklet that is about navigating <clears throat> the journey of Alzheimer's disease, but it helps to kind of lead people through, um, helps to lead people through the things that they might need along this road and how to get the help that they might need. And uh, we have that at our library at the Ruvo Center also. Oh, it sounds like it's an ongoing endeavor. And also, this saying that we have, I always mention it in, in some of my uh, interviews, like fear of the unknown. I think if you don't know what you're, you're up ahead, then the fear of the unknown is like, you know, uh, the depression and the anxiety, and you're so right about caregivers taking good care of themselves. And I like what you said, assemble your team. Uh, basically, mga kababayan, what Dr. Went meant is to uh, put together your support system. And it's not necessarily just the family. You know, you have your friends, you have your search, church friends, and then also the, the clinic, the re Ruvo, the Ruvo, Ruvo Center. Center here yes. in, uh, right here in, in Nevada, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, that is really great, and I like the navigating booklet. Yeah. yeah so um, we are running out of time, and it's, it's fun. I really enjoy talking to you, Dr. Wynn. I know well, 30 minutes pleasure. is not enough. Um, we're going to have to invite you again, and then with your colleagues, you mentioned about um, other colleagues who are specializing in different areas related to Alzheimer's, so I'm looking forward to that. We are happy to help. Yeah. So do you have any, any last words of wisdom to our listeners out there regarding Alzheimer's? Well, uh, the holidays are coming up, and although the, that can sometimes be stressful when you have Alzheimer's disease or you're dealing with someone who has Alzheimer's disease, remember to take the good parts of the holiday with you. Don't think about it as, you know, this negative thing that happened or as an anxiety-generating event. Try and think of the joy and um, and and the warmth and the love that come with the holidays, and that will help get you through. Yes, 
Very true. Yes, these holidays, um, a lot of people, as you know, in the mental health field, there's a lot of people who are depressed because they have lost loved ones and or they are far away from their family. Mm -hmm. So Alzheimer's is not only Alzheimer's, it encompasses all the other, you know, uh, chronic diseases and as you mentioned about anxiety and, and depression. So uh, I just want to thank you again for being our guest tonight on behalf of uh, Pino of Nevada and also PHLB Radio for being our partners. And uh, more information to come from Dr. Wint and his uh, friends from uh, Rubo Clinic, right? And I have to visit your clinic. I don't even know where it is. Uh -oh. So, yeah, well, can you tell our listeners exactly where it's sure. located? We're in downtown, so the actual address is 888 West Bonneville Avenue. But if you know where the Outlet Mall and the World Market Center and the county building with the big pyramid, so those are on the other three corners of where we are. So the corner of, uh, bon of Bonneville, which is what Alta turns into downtown, Bonneville and Grand Central Parkway. There you have it. I'm going to visit Dr. Wind and his associates and do the same. There's, they also have this website. Can you uh, let them know about the website again? Yes, uh, www.healthybrains.org. Okay. So thank you for listening to us tonight. And uh, remember, every Monday is a healthy Monday. Aloha. The Asian American Pacific Islander Nurses Association of Nevada has just brought you Healthy Mondays with Apina of Nevada. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.